Well, hey everyone, my name is John, and I'm here with our senior pastor, Bob Merritt, teaching pastor Jason Strand. And guys, this is our unplugged conversation. So my goal on this is to get you off script as much as possible, unplugged, if you will. Look back on the past year, if you guys can remember that, and look forward to what's to come in the upcoming year. So I have no idea what you're going to say, and you don't know what you're going to say either. So that's the goal on this. Um, But just quick, to get you warmed up, we've got some warm-up questions for you. So these are just rapid fire. Get your mind moving, you know, get used to answering quickly. So quickly, which one would you choose? Summer or winter? Summer. 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 Thanksgiving or Christmas? Christmas. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Are you going to make it to midnight on New Year's Eve or not? Not a chance. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. It's good for you. Not a chance. Okay, Bob or Jason? What? You know, just who do you, who's your favorite speaker, Bob or Jason? Well, that's a hard question. We're both, I think we're both okay. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, I don't know how to answer yeah, that. Yeah, I answer that. Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Okay, all right, you're mm-hmm. fully on board. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. In case. Okay, so kicking things off, when you guys get, to, get up to speak, you have a unique perspective. Everyone is looking at you. People from seven campuses, thousands of people online, but we want to know, what do you see? You know, uh, you actually taught me this prayer before I go out to speak, and I, I pray this every time I go out of, Lord, help me love these people. And that has always helped me so much because uh, when I get out there to speak, I'm not, um, I'm trying not to think about myself even. It, the, the focus of the prayer is the people who are sitting there. And the focus of it is, how can I love them? That These are people who all come from different stages of life. Some of them are here in church for the first time. Some of them are hurting. Some of them got in a fight on the way to church. Uh, some of them are doing great. But how can, I, how can I love them through this and care for them through this? Uh, that's helped me a ton. Uh, so Yeah, I see struggle because uh, we're all, as human beings, we struggle with things. Uh, the brokenness piece. As I've gotten older, I've, I've begun to understand that that's every story. That's every human being struggles with something. And so God's Word has the answer to all human struggle. Um, and so that's, you know, if we can bring God's truth to people's lives in a way that makes sense and connects with where they are, which is a daunting thought to try to do that. And, but just to God use us. I mean, help, help me, and Jason, help, you know, our prayer beforehand, just help us uh, make a difference today in somebody's life. That's great. Well, we saw God work through this church all year long and through kids, through students, through adults, through what's happening on the weekend. But maybe as a place to start, let's go back to last winter. And we did a series called Heaven on Earth. And during that series, we wanted to bring, um, we wanted people to bring a bit of heaven to earth. We wanted to challenge people to serve the least of these, to give to the least of these. So let's talk about that series. Do you remember that series? We challenge people to serve the community. I can't remember the last series. That's done. We challenged people to serve their, in their communities, and people spent hours um, in their communities serving the least of these. And then, of course, we challenged people to give um, to the least of these. And so we challenged people to give financially one weekend um, during this Heaven on Earth series to organizations like the Timothy Initiative, Feed My Starving Children, Hope for Youth, Union Gospel Mission, The Dwelling Place. And of course, um, our people generously gave over a million dollars that we just in turn gave away to those organizations. Mm-hmm. So as you think about the fact that we are a big church and 
um, you hear those kinds of numbers and you hear that our church generously gave a million dollars so that we could give it away. What, what sticks out to you about that kind of a impact or that series? Well, you can make a difference. I mean, our church is making a difference. Uh, humbled by that, by the way, the generosity that our people have. But more and more, I am so proud of the response that our church has to these kinds of things. You know, I've been saying to people, you know, we're a big church. What I'm most proud of is that we, we clothe, feed, and shelter, and educate 20,000 orphans in Nicaragua every day. And so a lot of people don't know that about us, but with a larger church, you can have large impact. And uh, yeah, I don't know what you'd say to that, Jason, but... Well, I just think it's a responsibility of every follower of Christ to do something to help the least of these in the world today. And I think that that series helped us not just to be a one and done series, but it started to create a culture for our church of this is who we are, this is what we do. And you know, I just heard at Lionel Lakes this last week, Andrew was talking about how we helped build a mental health facility through, uh, is it Union Gospel Mission? And uh, I mean, that's incredible. You think about the mental health issues and what that does you know, for the impact that that's gonna make on the Twin Cities and Minneapolis, and that our church was a part of that, I think is, you know, we're proud that everybody is, you know, doing that. That's great. All right, last spring. Do you remember last spring? Do you remember the mid-April snow, snowmageddon, snowstorm that shut down our church? You came in, recorded a message somehow, miraculously, we did, you know, record a message and, and got that out. But um, last spring, we also opened our, uh, our seventh campus. And that's the Wyzetta campus. That was just this last spring in March. And Jason, as someone who grew up in Wyzetta, and you've talked about this, I know, on the weekend, but just now that we're, you know, almost a year into this, share a little bit about what that's been like for you to see an Eagle Brook Church campus open at Wyzetta High School. Well, I mean, for me personally, that started with a prayer. And so it's amazing to sit down and go, God, what do you want me to accomplish with my life before I'm done? and then to write something on a piece of paper, to start praying about it, and then to see God move. And I've never experienced anything in my life, I don't think, where I sensed the Spirit of God opening doors. I mean, it felt like the way I describe it is just putting up a sail and just catch the wind and God's just been blowing it. And all we had to do was just kind of put up that sail. But I, I would run into people, you know, every moment when I would start to doubt, do we have enough people in YZ, I'd run into a guy, you know, miraculously at Whole Foods, and all of a sudden he's going, yeah, there's a bunch of us that want to start a campus in, in the West Suburbs. So there's just been these incredible moments along the way that it has strengthened my faith, I would th say personally. And for anyone who, you know, sits down and goes, God, you know, I'm going to start praying specifically about something, not just vaguely, but I'm going to pray specifically about something. And then you see a prayer like that get answered, that will increase any person's faith like nothing else. So that's been one of the things. The other thing that's been really uh, incredible for me is when I go out to Wyzetta and I meet people, met a girl who, you know, in her mid-20s, I think, and she grows up, she lives in some apartments right across from where my wife grew up, wasn't attending church prior to that campus opening, wouldn't be going to church without that campus opening. And now she's there every week and talking about what a you know, change it's made in her life and her boyfriend's life. And that's why we do what we do. It's incredible. I had this moment where I was attending Wyzetta for whatever reason. You were preaching live from Lina Lakes, and it was just amazing to think that that dream had been spurred on in you, and now you're there mm -hmm. through technology yep. preaching to a congregation now of a thousand people, mm -hmm. um, and 45 adults have actually put their faith in Christ since we opened just at Wyzetta mm -hmm. um, since March. It was just truly incredible. But with Wyzetta opening, Bob, and, and the Blaine campus just reopened, relaunched, um, in mid-December, 
and we were texting a little bit about this, but do you still get excited by this? I mean, oh. it seems like it happens every month, every year. I walked through the building at, at Blaine last week before it opened, reopened, and my comment was, it, it's such a beautiful space and a big space, efficient space. Uh, my comment to those who were around that day was, I, I feel like crawling into a hole. <laughs> What I mean yeah, by that, that, I remember that. Yeah. It, it's so humbling to me, so overwhelming that what God is choosing to do, it, it never gets old. And I just, there's a part of me that wants to run because why us? You know, why did God choose the three of us and others? Because I know you guys and you're not that great. <laughs> you know, we joke about that. But it really is truly humbling. And um, I, I just don't get it sometimes why God has chosen us, but he has. Mm. Right? Well, and, and I mentioned my message, but someone told, I don't know if it's true, but someone told it to me, so I'm running with it. But uh, Blaine is the second fastest growing suburb in the Twin Cities after Lakeville. And the and number of true. people coming into there, they're gonna be moving in with families, looking for a church and you know, meeting Christ in that place. I, I think that's you know, extremely exciting. Yeah, it's just incredible. All right, I wanna shift gears for a minute mm -hmm. and uh, talk about Bob's artistic limitations. Mm -hmm. Now, Bob, one thing we learned from you this year is that people love it when you draw pictures during your messages. Um, you know, at times you enjoy rolling out the flip chart and, and attempt to illustrate your points. And so we actually have a video that we can watch together and, and we're gonna show people too of, of you drawing on your flip chart. And maybe you can just walk us through uh, your thought process here and what's being drawn. But let's take a <laughs> break it down. <laughs> show you a little visual that maybe will help us out, you know, own your part of the pie. And so I'm going to draw a pie here for you. And my artistic abilities are like <coughs> amazing. <laughs> but you know, here's a pie or, or you know, whatever. That, that wasn't very good. You go like that, right? Okay. So we have this pie. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> uh, did you do that on purpose? Or is that... No, I did not <laughs> do that on purpose. Wow. No. But I had to go home and my wife had to teach me. Seriously, she said, Bob, this is how you draw a pie. Yeah. You know, there's so many highlights from this past year, things that God has done um, through this church in 2018. But the best part of our summers and even during the winter is through baptisms and through people taking the step of faith to enter into the waters um, as they're declaring something bigger and better than maybe they've experienced in the past. And, and just for frame of reference, we had 865 people who got baptized this summer and 868 people that got baptized last winter. And so as you hear numbers like that, and you've been a pastor for a long time, you know, what's it like for you to hear that, experience that, see that many people who are making that declaration of faith? Again, very humbling, um, deep, deep gratitude to God for what, he want, what he's choosing to do. But then again, it just all, for me, John, it all comes back to each person and the story that that single person has who's getting baptized that day. And the stories are different, but um, it, it, it's all about each person making that, that commitment. And that gets me every time. It's not really the mass or the big number, although that's, you know, kind of what we focus on sometimes, but it's really about each person who is experiencing Christ in a new way, making a commitment. Can't, you can't beat that. Yeah. What about you, Jason? What's it like for you to experience that? 
you know, I, I remember when I was 19 years old and was lost and just, you know, when you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and what that feels like in a person's life and you just kind of go through your life and you're like, man, is there, there's got to be something more here and you kind of feel like you're falling short and you don't know what your purpose is. And so when you meet Christ and you have that moment where you draw a line in the sand and go, I'm going to get baptized and I'm going to publicly declare that, you know, my sins have been buried and I'm raised to new life. Uh, I think about that when I see people going under the water of just the power and the difference that a relationship with Christ makes yeah. for someone. Um, but just so people are aware too, our next baptism opportunity is in, is in early February. And so what would you say to those people who are maybe, ah, is that something, that step I want to take? What would you say to them as they're thinking about 2019 even? Could be the most important thing they do. Uh, seriously, and I don't just say that. Uh, I think God honors a commitment in any form. But baptism is biblical. It's something that Jesus asked us to do as a, as a form of obedience, a first step of obedience. And I'm telling you, God honors that in people's lives in ways that, you know, God shows up, whether it's by adding protection over their family or uh, deepening their spiritual life or their commitment or a marriage that, that comes closer together. God honors people whenever uh, they act in obedience like this. And so it can be the, the most important thing they do all year. It's great. 2018, again, it was a great year, but now we got to turn the page. It's another year, 2019. But as you look forward to a new year, what are some new habits that you're planning to build into your life? You know, I'm a pretty focused, disciplined person. I don't, when the new year comes around, it's like, well, I don't have any huge resolutions I've got to make, or I'm going to do this completely different because I've tried to live my life in a way that every day it, it's following Christ. It's trying to obey his word and I'm not perfect. I fall, you know, I, I fall short like everybody else does, but I will say this, the one thing I'm trying to still learn and that is to completely surrender my anxiety to Christ and to say, and give it to him. And it happens several times a day or my problems, whatever my, I might be facing, and just give it to him and trust him and completely trust him that he can, he can handle it and not take it back and not worry all over about, about it again. But I'm trying to be more disciplined, John, in that area of, I need to completely trust God with my life more. That's really good. You've always been such an example for our church, but for me, I know personally of someone who you do live those daily habits out so consistently. And there's something in that for people. You don't need a new year to establish new habits necessarily. You've already built them into your life and your routine. And that's really inspiring for me. Good. So good. what about you, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it is a good time to say, what's one thing should I start? I mean, I did that last year. What are, what are some, and I actually picked out four habits last year that I was like, I wanna start doing these four things. Uh, this year, for me, it's I want to slow down. If I had to pick one thing, it's I need to slow down a little bit. I tend to be you know, moving fast from one thing to the next thing and just slow down and care for people and talk to people and listen to people. Uh, and there's a slowing down even with God of not getting ahead of God and listening to God and 
Um, so those are the two, that, that's kind of the idea or the phrase that I've been locked in on lately. Is just we could pick on each other down. a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. just go ahead. Fun. Yeah, what what habits did Jason pick into? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think you know you know this that mm-hmm. you tend to be in a hurry, mm-hmm. and I think that's great that you're making that commitment. Um, and I think God's going to honor that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful that Jason's aware of that. But how about me? Yeah, what kind of habits? Oh, man, you you're, you're, like you said, you're a disciplined. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say, oh, man, which one am I going to pick? No, no, no. You're, I mean, I, there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, man, you're wrong. To, yeah. I'd have to give that some thought. Yeah, I'm not ready That's to answer That's the right answer. answer. Way to go. <laughs> when your boss asks in. you that question, you just Where do I rub down, you Jason? wrong sometimes? I mean, I, I, I've got issues. Yeah. Where do you think I could improve? Well, don't be, I mean, be serious, be honest. Well, you're, you're so, um, intense about the mission that God has entrusted to you, laser focused on that mission, which is part of what makes you such an incredible leader and pastor, something that will be virtually impossible for someone like me to ever replicate. But there are times that intensity gets in the way of compassion for people. And you've talked about this over the years. And as someone who's been close to you over the last several years. I've seen God do so much in the compassion and love department. But it's again a reminder that don't let that that mission, that drive for that mission get in the way of there's still a person. Having a counseling session. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's really good. Make sure you keep that. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Um, I've said it to you guys before that sometimes I see something really quickly that needs to be changed or whatever. It's a discernment thing. My problem has been communicating that in the right manner in a compassionate, loving way. And so that would be a habit <laughs> that I can still work on, mm-hmm. for sure. You, you talked about how you want to give your anxiety and totally trust the Lord, but, and maybe this is a similar answer in this, but what are you praying for these days? Oh, I pray for energy. Mm-hmm. I pray for protection. Those, those two things, yeah. really. Uh, we're in a spiritual battle. I feel it. It's real. It's not phony. And so I pray a prayer of protection every single day over my life, my marriage, my family. Then I go to our staff and our, our volunteers and all of in our church. I just pray, God, protect us from any kind of attack that's, that Satan would want to leverage against any of us. I pray that every single day. It's mm-hmm. great. What about you, Jason? You know, I pray for faith. Regularly, I pray for faith. I feel like uh, one of the phrases I lock in on lately is just, do I have a faith that's ready to die? And what I mean by that is, do I have a faith that is so trusting in Christ that no matter what happens in my life, um, I'm, I'm willing to trust him and follow him in that. So I, I pray for faith. I've, I've been praying for boldness, to be more bold, uh, particularly with people that I know, just talking to them, inviting them to church. And I've been praying for our church. You know, I forget about this sometimes, but our board and our staff and our leadership and our congregation, and there there is something about just praying over every single person that goes to our church, that God would use them, that God would work through them, uh, that they would experience his love in their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob, for the students watching. Mm -hmm. Students, high school, college, whatever. Let's say college. What would you say to them right now? You know, if, if you're a Christian on a college campus these days, you're alone. And so I would just say to every college student who faces that, be strong. Uh, don't compromise your morals. Don't compromise your faith. Find somebody else or find a group that you can connect with this semester. Uh, that is a make-or-break deal. You'll get through school. You'll get the academic piece of it. That's minor. 
compared to your relationship with other people, with Christ, and, and your moral foundation. Academics is a distant second to all of that other, other piece mm -hmm. so, for the rest of your life. Yeah. It'll set you up for a good run or a really tough run. Yeah, it's true. Jason, as a dad and a husband, what's God been teaching you these days? Ooh, uh, <laughs> gosh, uh, get your sleep while you can. Uh, no, you know, with my wife, uh, empathy of trying, you know, I realize that if I'm, if I walk into the marriage and I go, hey, you're here to make me happy and fulfilled and you're here to encourage me and work around my schedule and do what I need you to do. That, that, that never works in any kind of relationship. And so more and more lately, I try to think the phrase I use is it's not about you. It's not about you. You're in a, I'm in a season of life where I'm serving our kids by driving them to different things, trying to help my wife out with stuff. It's just, and sometimes you go, well, hang, what about me? What about me? But then I just have to keep reminding myself, it's not about me. It's not about you. So I would say just the, trying to ask the question, how is she feeling in this moment? What, what does she need in this moment? Has helped me a lot in my marriage to try to understand versus trying to be understood. Um, and then with my kids, the phrase that has been in my brain is just enjoy them. You know, I, I actually, I'm going to talk about this in a message coming up, but I had written my oldest son a, a letter about habits. So we're talking about habits earlier in disciplines. And I, here are the five habits that you need to do. Well, he's our oldest kid. You know, the rest of the kids are eating Doritos <laughs> on the couch watching PG-13 <laughs> movies. And I'm like, you got to get your habits straight here before you go off to college. And, uh, and I didn't give him the letter. I, I held on to it. And it was one of those moments where I really felt like God was speaking to me. And what I heard or what I sensed God speaking to me was just enjoy him. You've got five years with him before he leaves the house, and the number one thing he needs to know is that you love him, you care for him, and you're for him. And so more and more lately, I've just been trying to parent through that of, hey, let's stay up late and watch something, you know, a movie or something like that, or let's go do this, or let's go out to eat, or let's sit at the end of your bed and just talk for a little bit more, even though it's time to get to bed. Uh, it's just been a moment of, I just want to enjoy him and let him know that he has a dad who loves him. Yeah, that's good. Okay, last question. Uh, for our church, as we head into the new year, what, what are you looking forward to? Obviously, we're kicking off with a brand new series starting in January. Why don't you speak to that a little bit of what you're excited about with Imperfect Together starting in January? Yeah, the series is called Imperfect Together. And the idea of it is that we're imperfect. I mean, you, you probably experienced that on Christmas that you look at your family, like, oh, we're not perfect. Uh, your brother still makes the same impro you know, improper jokes around the kids and you know, your mom treats you like you're 12 or something. I mean, every family just has these quirks and idiosyncrasies and we go, boy, we're not perfect. But the best relationships, it's not a marriage series, it's not a parenting series, it's a relationship series. And the best relationships are built on commitment, that we are in this together. And so we're going to talk about four relational uh, you know, keys uh, that can really, no matter what relationship you're talking about, can help you thrive. And uh, I think they're great. I mean, it's intimacy, it's crucial conversations, it's digging beneath the surface. I mean, those kinds of issues, no matter what relationship you're in, are going to help. Well, uh, on behalf of all people who are watching this, people who are attend our church, um, we love you guys. We appreciate both of you, the, the dedication, the sacrifice, the way you model faith for so many of us. And for me personally, I love both of you. I tell you both of this all the time, but I admire you as uh, husbands, as dads, as leaders, pastors. And so keep going for everyone here. Keep leading, keep preaching, 
Um, I'm excited to see what God is going to do. Completely humbled, as you've mentioned many times, Bob, what God is, has been doing and, and what he will do in 2019. Um, but for everyone who's watching, we've got a new series that kicks off January 5th and 6th called Imperfect Together. And we have designed this series with you in mind and your neighbor and your friend. Um, this series really is for everyone. And so it's going to be a great start to a, a great, incredible year at Eagle Brook. So. Happy New Year, everyone.